The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. show here on Hoop Ball Network that is taking flight. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brett Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on Sunday, May 23rd, right after Game 1, NBA playoffs, first round for the Hawks. What a game, what a time, Hawks win, Hawks win. Huge, huge game tonight. It was such a fun one to watch. It was. This is going to be a fun series. It's going to be a fun, long series. And the Hawks shocked a lot of naysayers tonight as there were some people who picked the, the, the Knicks to win in five. And it still could happen, obviously. But the Hawks win game one. Huge confidence builder going forward. Hawks fans are hopefully hitting that Knicks pack tonight. And we're going to get reactions, analysis, all of this after this plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%. Just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them. But if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code Hoopball to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back. And the Hawks did what I was hoping they could potentially do. Steal one of two in New York. I said for the Hawks to put themselves in a position to win this series, if they could steal either game one or game two, that will put themselves in a really good position going forward. Obviously, they have to win three more games now to move on to the second round. Game two is going to be tough. I'm sure that New York's going to make adjustments and their players that did not play well for the Knicks are going to be better in game two. But as I said before, the break, winning game one was a huge confidence builder for this team. 
And it was evident to me, but obviously leading up to the this series, the Knicks called out the media for saying that the Hawks had a more talented roster than them. And the Knicks basically said that we're a grittier, tougher team than the, than the Hawks. Doesn't get much grittier than what took place tonight. Taking punches from the Knicks in the third quarter who were just hot. But the Hawks staying within striking distance throughout you know, the end of the third quarter, leading into the fourth quarter before Trey Young would come in. And Trey Young, welcome to the playoffs, young man. Ice trade a gang. Ice trade a gang. Boom. Cold. Cold-blooded. Huge stat line tonight, which we'll get into in a few. But most importantly, that floater, which was off most of the season, is catching fire at the right time of the season. As playoffs are here, that floater will give the Hawks the lead to and the win, ultimately, with .09 seconds left in the game. And in the words of Trey Young, it got real quiet in there. It got real quiet in there as he silenced the crowd of 15,000 plus in Madison Square Garden to take a 1-0 lead over the Knicks after a 107-105 win tonight. I had a Knicks fan text me saying, well, I'm still questioning the foul on Alec Burke when obviously he fouled Trey Young with 28 seconds left. So then I responded, I'm still questioning all those Taj Gibson screens. That man had moving screens the entire night. They weren't calling anything. And I'm just going to just speak this out now. The officials are going to let both of these teams play the entire series. It's, it's going to be a physical series. It's going to be a lot of fouls that could have been called, but probably won't. And there's going to be some weird, timely fouls that do get called at weird times. Like you can point to the Alec Burke foul, whether... No matter what side of the fence you're on, you can either say yay or nay to that. But as I said before, these officials are, are going to let this thing play out. And this Hawks team has got to be ready for it going forward, knowing that it's going to be physical and they're not going to get all the calls. Trey Young's not going to get to the free throw line 11, 12 times like he, like he likes to do and like we like for him to do, obviously because it sets up the Hawks offensively and it just shows that Trey Young is being aggressive. He's going to have to continue to be aggressive, and he's going to have to continue to take those shots in the paint. But just know that those calls aren't coming and see what him being aggressive, still getting to the hole, is going to open up for the Hawks offense as a whole in this series against a really, really stingy New York Knicks defense. I'm going to address adjustments and keys going forward for the Hawks to close this thing out. We've got three more games, as I said. and But we're going to first... Baskin game one's win right now and go over some of the stats which led to the Hawks winning this game. After a good start in the first quarter for the Hawks, Knicks will battle back in the second quarter and make things interesting in a two-point game at the half. And after a surge in the third quarter for the Knicks, Hawks would weather the storm and come out on top. Ironically, after being up by two at halftime, they would win by two at the end of regulation. And as I said before, this is going to be a close, tightly contested, physical playoff series. It's, it is what it is. I mean, that's how the Knicks want to play things. 
that's what's going to help lend them, obviously, to try to overcome the Hawks, who are a great offensive team. They're going to try to slow things down, be physical, make it frustrating on the Hawks, which is exactly what I would do if I was coaching the New York Knicks as well. And Tibbs is going to go out there and have them do the same thing. Game two, obviously, make some adjustments. But in this fun, we're, we are so fortunate to just experience this. Playoffs. It's been four years. Haven't been in the playoffs in a while. And we get this first game under our belt. That's a huge confidence builder. And even after all the chatter about the Knicks sweeping us in the regular season, this is still the matchup that everybody wanted here in Atlanta. This is the matchup that the team wanted. And it showed tonight. They were locked, engaged, prepared, and ready for this moment. Tonight, I thought defense by both teams was pretty good all night long and stretches and adjustments were made throughout the night on both sides to basically give each team an opportunity to try to win the game in the fourth quarter and down the stretch. And it will be a chess match the entire series between Naaman Millen and Thibodeau. And I'm interested to see the adjustments going into game two. But as far as tonight's game, Hawks shot 47% from the floor and about 35% from three. Not stellar numbers, but in the playoff series against one of the best defensive teams in the NBA, you're going to take those numbers, especially compared to how the Knicks shot, which was 45% from the floor and 33% from three. So you just got to be better than your opponent. And tonight, offensively, they were just that. It wasn't a complete team offensive performance that... I would like to see and is going to lend to Hawks success against this next defense, but we'll take it. Hawks did not get a ton of free throws tonight. Heck, the Knicks didn't get a ton of didn't get a ton of free throws tonight. Not a lot of fouls called on both sides. As I said, they kind of just let things play out. But Hawks win the free throw matchup, shooting almost 92% from the charity stripe tonight. The Knicks would win the rebound margin by plus seven. And they were plus six on the offensive rebounding margin, which was a huge, huge reason why the Knicks were in the game the entire night. Knicks were getting second, third opportunities. And the Hawks just, just got to crash the glass better. Have to do it. It's going to have to be a team effort. It can't just be Capella. It can't just be Collins. Trey Young had several rebounds tonight. It can't be just him. Those three has to be everybody engaged on the offensive glass. And yes, <clears throat> Hawks are going to want to push the pace, score early in the shot clock because they are a better offensive team. They don't want to give the Knicks a chance to set up on defense. So I get that. But they're going to have to put bodies on Gibson, Randall, Noel, the guards for the New York Knicks because they rebound well as backcourt players especially on the defensive end for the Hawks. We're going to have to box out, get the rebound, and let's get that pass, start the offensive possession for the Hawks. That's going to have to be a thing. And speaking of offensive possession for the Hawks, Hawks only had 17 team assists tonight. 
And this is a number that I would like to have in the mid-20s nightly for the Hawks. Because ball movement, as I said in previous episodes, are going to be extremely key for the Hawks to try to work that Knicks defense. Get them moving side to side. Tire them out. Get players on the Hawks' looks. Give Herter the ball in his hands. DeAndre Hunter the ball in his hands. Bogey, who who's going to get the ball in his hands. Tony Snell. Solomon Hill when he gets in. Gallo. Lou Will. The list goes on. People need to touch the ball. And it's only going to make the team more dangerous because the Knicks defensively are going to have to figure out where is the attack coming from. Who is going to score? Who is hot? Because anybody on this Hawks team can get hot. We've seen that this year with with injuries and players stepping up time after time after time. So we're going to have to move the ball a little bit better than we did tonight with 17 team assists. And as I said before, anyone can have moments in games on this Hawks team, which makes them dangerous. Tonight, it was Lou Will off the bench. He was huge in the second half as he single-handedly kept the Hawks at times in the game with his play with the scoring, which leads me to my next point about bench scoring. Which I said, going into the series, I think this was going to be huge. Whoever's bench played better in each game was really going to give that team the best chance to win. It proved me wrong tonight, but tonight was a little bit of an anomaly as far as for the New York Knicks, even though they only lost by two. And we're going to talk a little bit about why it was an anomaly. This is a statistic that I'm going to keep track of every game we're in the playoffs. The Knicks bench had 64 of the team's 105 points. And they needed all 64 of those points off the bench to stay in the game because the starters had tough games, which is credit to the Hawks' defense, especially with how the Hawks played Julius Randle defensively. They forced other players to beat the Hawks and his teammates in the starting unit did not really help him. And he really didn't help himself a lot. So that right there itself is an anomaly. And when I talk about how many points that Julius Randle had in his shooting performance, we can't count at every game in the playoffs. We can't count on Reggie Bullock, not hitting a three pointer every game in the playoffs. RJ Barrett only having 14 points every game in the playoffs. We can't bank on that. So we're going to have to do better with bench production. And we're going to have have to have players in our starting lineup ourselves here in Atlanta do better. Hawks tonight only had six turnovers, which was huge for obvious reasons. The Hawks didn't do too much to beat themselves tonight and didn't put the ball in the Knicks' hands and let quickly Rose and the other players in the backcourt start the break and get to the cup because both of those players are really good at that because of their explosiveness and quickness. They forced the Knicks to make a lot of tough shots tonight. And the Hawks were really defending well, which you got to tip your cap to Nate Millen and the staff for game planning. Great for game one. I'm really interested to see how their defensive blueprint is going to change for game two. Seven blocks tonight for the Hawks compared to four for the Knicks, which was surprising. And both teams were even in fast break points and points in the paint. As I alluded to, Julius Randle had a rough night tonight. 
in New York. The Hawks kept him in check tonight. He only had 15 points on 6 of 23 shooting from the floor, and he went 2 of 6 from the three-point line. He added 12 rebounds, so another double-double for Julius Randle, but only had four assists. Again, great team and individual defense for the Hawks on Julius Randle. John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Capella all had hands in trying to slow down the machine at times that is Julius Randle. His scoring and his energy have been a problem this year and since he's been in the league. And as long as we've seen him, his energy is contagious and it spreads to the rest of the team. And his scoring is so important for this New York Knicks team as he's the engine for their offense. And I can guarantee you this. He's going to bounce back on Wednesday. He's going to have a better game. But four assists for Julius Randle, that's huge because he normally averages about six. And he does a really great job once the double team comes, finding his teammates, which is something that the Hawks really limited tonight by getting in his passing lanes and being real physical with him, just making it really hard on Julius Randle. That's something that I want to continue to see. Try not to double team him too much because we don't want the players outside of him to go off. But like I said, if we can keep him at bay and those other players go off, hey, Hawks win tonight. That was the recipe for tonight. But we're going to talk about some other players. And as I alluded to, the bench was a real, real problem for the Hawks as far as what the Knicks were, how they were producing off the bench. So that's something that I'm going to keep an eye on as we go forward. R.J. Baird, as I said, really didn't have a great night tonight. Had 14 points on 6 of 15 shooting from the floor. Went 1 of 6 from the three-point line and added 11 rebounds. The Hawks held Reggie Bullock, only to six points, didn't make a three-pointer. We need to continue to stay attached to him all series because we know how lethal he can be from the three-point line, and he loves playing the Atlanta Hawks. This year in the regular season, he had really good games against us. So for him to start the playoffs only with six points, no threes made, that's a good sign for the Hawks. We got to keep that up. Nerlens Noel only had three rebounds tonight. We can't expect them to only have three rebounds every single night. So we're going to have to bring it and we're going to have to guard everyone outside of Julius Randle, but obviously continue the great job on Julius Randle going forward. And we're going to have to continue the game plan and whatnot. The person who killed the Hawks tonight, maybe not a familiar name for a lot of Hawks fans or new NBA fans, but Alec Burke. He's a professional scorer. He's been in the league for several years out of the University of Missouri. He added 27 points tonight off the bench and was a problem for Atlanta, shooting 9-13 from the floor and 3-5 of five from three-point range. And he has playoff experience. He played for Utah for several years, so he's not a stranger to the playoffs. So he's been there, done that. And tonight, Alec Burke got to the free throw line the most times out of any Nick tonight, which he will certainly be on the scouting report next game. I mean, let's just say that he's going to be schemed for and should have anyway, because like I said, he's a skilled veteran scorer and he has that Danilo Gallinari, Lou Will impact as far as coming off the bench alongside a Derrick Rose for the New York Knicks. So he had a fantastic game for the Knicks, really hit some big shots, really was the 
Energizer Bunny for the New York Knicks with the starters really struggling. But, hey, in the end of the day, Hawks win. Doesn't matter. D. Rose, as I mentioned, had a good game tonight as well, scoring 17 points on 8 of 16 shooting from the floor. Added five assists and five rebounds. He looked like vintage D. Rose tonight. He was a problem. And he's a absolute luxury to have coming off the bench. They said multiple times on the broadcast about how great it is to have a former MVP as your sixth man, essentially, and to have him come on the court and close games. He's a player we're going to have to watch out for and truly game plan for every single game because D. Rose brings it every single game. And we know what he can do on the offensive end. Emmanuel quickly added 10 points off the bench, the rookie in his first playoff game. Taj Gibson was extremely effective in my opinion. He only scored five points, but had nine rebounds off the bench. And as I said, the bench was a huge part in the Knicks playing well tonight offensively. And that Hawks second unit must match their energy and output going forward. Now, on the flip side of things, let's talk about the good guys, the Atlanta Hawks, who got the win tonight. Trey Young, the hero, first playoff game. He has 32 points on 11 of 23 shooting, one of three from the three-point line, added 10 assists, seven rebounds, no turnovers. Ice Trey becomes the second player in NBA history with 30 points, 10 assists, and five rebounds in his postseason debut. Who was the first? LeBron James. Fantastic game from Trey Young. He couldn't have had a better first playoff game. Could not have had a better one. Most The thing that got me the most excited, no turnovers. Great, great game tonight. And the turnover number for the Hawks this year, if you're familiar, obviously with high usage for Trey Young with the ball in his hands. When he has a lot of turnovers, the team has a lot of turnovers. Tonight, he had zero. The team only had six. Way to go, Trey Young. We need to continue that. Probably can't bank on that every game, especially against a really good New York Knicks defense, but it was great to see in game one. He had his floater game going. He was getting teammates involved. He was fearless, aggressive, getting into the paint, even though he had those trees Talking about the front court of the New York Knicks. He truly set the tone for aggression and assertiveness for his teammates. And was truly just key throughout the entire game. He was ready. And so it trickled down to the other players. After a slow start, Bogdan Bogdanovich went in the game with 18 points on 7 of 15 shooting from the floor. Went 4 of 9 from 3-point range. Lou Will, as I said, was a huge factor in tonight's win. Off down the stretch, going 6-9 from the floor and scoring 13 huge points. John Collins had 12 points tonight, 7 rebounds, 2 blocks and a steal. Really looking for him to continue to be locked in on the defensive end. I thought he was really good defensively tonight on Julius Randle, even though he's a little thin in the pencil compared to Julius Randle. He was not afraid. He was being physical. He was challenging him, and he matched his energy. And I'm not going to expect huge offensive games with the defensive assignments that he has in this series, but if he ever, ever has a game in this series, and I think he will, 
with 18 points or more, that's going to be great for the Hawks. I think they win that game. I'm, I can bet on that. If he has a game with at least 18 points or more, Hawks are probably winning that game, especially how tough of the defensive assignment he has on slowing down Julius Randle. If he can score 18, sheesh. But who did not have a great game tonight, Danilo Gallinari. He struggled on both ends of the floor, looking like a defensive liability that a lot of people talked about coming into the season, but his scoring is needed, especially coming off the bench. He really didn't provide a lot tonight, had seven points on three of 11 shooting from the floor, one of seven from three. Would love to see that get better. I know he's been a little inconsistent down the stretch going, coming into the postseason, but we're going to need more from him. DeAndre Hunter got his start tonight, only scored five points, added four rebounds in 22 minutes. Cannot wait to see him continue to get healthier and more comfortable and see his numbers on the offensive end improve. And obviously, he is great on the defensive end. Continues to be consistent on the defensive end with his energy, effort, and attention to detail. I will talk about some takeaways from tonight. Personally, I was shocked that the Knicks went deeper into their bench than the Atlanta Hawks. Tibbs is known for having really, really shallow rotations, only going eight, maybe nine deep. Went deeper tonight than the Hawks, which was a surprise to me. And it seems on the flip side that Nate McMillan is tightening up his rotation as the playoffs are here. And I'm really interested going forward to seeing defensively who is going to get into the mix on the defensive end in some games. Talking Solomon Hill, Chris Dunn, Oyeko Okongwu, who played tonight, only got three minutes, though. Players that the Hawks have coming off the bench typically are not defensive stoppers. So I'm interested to see those whose calling card is defense off the bench when they're going to get their moments to shine because I think each, all three of those players that I mentioned are going to make an impact on the defensive end at some point in the series and if they happen to go a little bit deeper in the playoffs. Tonight, rebounding was a, a stat that was hugely in favor of New York. And going forward, it will have to be more of a team focus. Yes, Hawks, as I said before, getting in transition early on offensive possession is an advantage for them on offensive end. Yes, but the second and third chance opportunities that help give the Knicks high percentage of looks around the basket or get the rebound, kick it out to the open three-point shooter. Because obviously, as I say on the broadcast multiple times, the best time to shoot open three is after a rebound, miss, kick it out to the open shooter who is normally ready for the catch-and-shoot opportunity. And those are huge momentum swings in the game. And we saw that in spurts for the Knicks at times. And I just want to see the Hawks do better in that regard, crashing the glass and boxing out, keeping the Knicks from getting second, third, fourth chance opportunities to extend possessions. Defensively, I thought the Hawks were pretty good tonight, especially on Julius Randle and other post players. But... Perimeter defense lacked at times, which 
has been a little bit of a running thing for the Hawks, so no surprises there as the Knicks' backcourt had pretty good nights offensively. Now, as I said, the Hawks will need to continue to make things hard for Julius Randle going forward into Game 2 and beyond. They need to continue to block and distort his passing lanes, stay attached to the shooters of the New York Knicks on a three-point line, and again, the defense on the second unit for the Hawks must be better and must slow down those bursts that the Knicks have coming off their bench and Derrick Rose, Emmanuel quickly, Alec Burke with that scoring prowess that they have to kind of match what the Hawks have as well. And I'm sure Naaman Millen with an extra day before game two will make adjustments, whether it's lineup or scheme to account for the changes that New York will potentially or inevitably make. And I said before, I expect Julius Randle, Reggie Bullock to have much better games going forward. You cannot count on them scoring a combined 21 points every night. Another takeaway, as I said before, Trey Young, master for tonight. You cannot have asked for a better playoff debut. And as I said previously on episodes, this playoff series this year is going to be a coming out party for the Atlanta Hawks. A lot of team people around the nation, NBA fans, did not see a lot of Atlanta Hawks games. They know Trey Young from his past, not his present. They know that the Hawks haven't been in the playoffs in the last four years. They don't think we're for real. They don't think Trey Young is for real. And this is an opportunity for redemption for Trey Young, along with this team, as I said, who continues to be overlooked, continues to be disrespected, snubbed. And he responded to his critics tonight with his play on the court and obviously being clutch when it mattered and when it was needed for the Atlanta Hawks. And I don't think he's done. This is the moment that he hoped for, he dreamed of probably his entire life. This is probably what he envisioned watching the bubble from home last year. And now he's in the playoffs. The moment is here. And I think he will continue to thrive. Again, it cannot be all on his shoulder. Bogey has to be there, be ready, be consistent. John Collins, Clint Capella, DeAndre Hunter has to have to get better game after game. Gallo, Lou Will off the bench, Kevin Herter off the bench, and whoever steps on the floor for the Hawks, it has to be a team effort. They got some other good, good performances, I would say, out of other players outside of Trey Young, but it can't all be on his shoulder. Again, he's ready for this moment. If he has to do it, he will. But it's a team game. So the team is going to have to continue to help out Trey Young. Glad Bogdan Bogdanovich woke up because this is an opportunity for him to shine on a big stage as well. He hasn't been in the NBA playoffs before, but he's had some championship-level experience in Europe. He will certainly need to be ready every single night, along with John Collins. Both of their focuses are a little bit different in this series, but needed for this team to thrive. John Collins has to continue to be up, focused defensively for tough matchups on Julius Randle. Bogey has to continue to knock down shots and create for others. As I said, they'll both be crucial in this series going forward. I'm going to watch DeAndre Hunter. When he played 22 minutes tonight, 
Get the second lowest plus minus on the team. Don't think that will happen every night. Heck, most of the time when he's on the court, he's has a really positive impact on his team's performance. But I want to see how he progresses game to game, coming off injury, getting into shape, and we need him out there defensively. That's no no if ands or buts about it. But if he can ever return back to that pre-injury form that he had offensively, with that confidence, him knocking down jump shots, him knocking down threes, that just makes the team more dangerous. And I loved the fight and how every time the Hawks were down or adversity came throughout the game, the Knicks made a run here or there. The Hawks will respond. They do not get a lot of credit for this because obviously they're overlooked by everyone outside of Atlanta. But this is something we saw in spurts under Lloyd Pierce. But once Nabin Mellon took the helm, it became more prevalent and it occurred more often. Those tough moments throughout the year where they had to battle, had their backs against the wall, down double digits, needs to claw back to come back and win games. Those moments prepared them for tonight, prepared them for the playoffs, prepared them for the road ahead. And that was the reason why I picked the Hawks to win this series. That adversity, whether it's injuries, lineups changing in and out, coaching changes, turmoil in the locker room. It wasn't consistent like the New York Knicks this year. For, but for them to be where they are now, that's only going to make them tougher, more connected as a team. And it's funny, I keep talking about how tough the Hawks are. And obviously the Knicks kind of took shots at their toughness in the media leading up to this playoff series. But like I said, this team is tough, gritty. They fight, they claw, they scratch for wins. And they have a lot of players on this team who can have their moments in games, like Lou Will tonight, who is huge, as I said. And we will need to get more from our bench offensively going forward. Our bench cannot be outscored by 33 points every game in this series and expect to move on to the second round. It can't happen. I said this earlier. You can't bank on Julius Randle only having 15 points every game in this series. You can't bank on Reggie Bullock going over from the three-point line every game in this series. Or R.J. Barrett only having 14 points. Gallo, Herder, Lou Will have to be ready offensively every single night in the playoffs. Have to. But celebrate tonight a little bit before we move on from this program this evening. Tonight... The world saw the Hawks. They introduced themselves. Now they must do it game after game until this series is won and they move on. It'll be a grind. It's going to be a tough, tough series. I think it's going to be the best series in the first round, in my opinion. It's going to go several games. But tonight showed me the Hawks were prepared, confident, and not afraid of this moment. And as I said, the adversity that they went through, toughened this team, and Hawks fans can take pride in that this team can respond to anything, anything that is thrown at them on the court. And that is something that this team can hang their hats on and rely on as they go through this series. Game two will be on Wednesday night at 7.30 Eastern on TNT up in Madison Square Garden. 
Can we do it again? Hell yeah, we can. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Share it with fellow Hawks fans, NBA basketball fans across the globe, tuning in for the playoffs. This is one of the best places to get Hawks news and content here throughout the playoffs. So share it with everybody that you know. Follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That is at HoopBallHawks. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. Sheesh! We will see you on Wednesday night. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.